Have you ever dreamed of living on a paradise island? That's exactly what Yvonne Campbell will be doing for a whole year. Otherworld Travel presents Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Thank you for being a regular listener and subscriber or follower of this show. As a special Valentine's Day gift from me to you, I wanted to offer you this bonus episode of Life in Barbados, featuring the full-length versions of the conversations I had in this week's episode with Ania the photographer and Kirk the DJ. Enjoy Life Photography by Ania. So what style of photographs are popular at the moment? Ah, that's a really great question. Um, I think that when you say popular, it really does depend on the group of people or the sector of society you're, you're also talking about because I find that a lot of younger people are now looking for authentic images. Um, uh, most of my clients come to me and they say, we really just want the day captured. We don't want to spend time posing, um, which actually works really well for me because I photograph weddings in a very documentary way. Um, but you still have a lot of people who really just want their day to be photographed in the most beautiful of ways, right? Um, people put a lot of money and a lot of effort into it and they want the pictures taken uh, to reflect the work they've put in. Um, but I do find that um, a lot of people are moving to documentary style imagery for their weddings. And what do you mean by documentary style? The way I photograph weddings and the way I, I do it in a very documentary style is that I don't pose anything. I don't touch anything. Um, I don't tell my clients what to do, where to go. Um, I don't even take the dress and put it anywhere because um, I feel like if you're going to photograph it, a wedding or any event in a documentary way, you're acting as just a witness to the day. You're just telling the story. You're not putting on the day what you feel the day should look like. So um, there is no posing at all. Of course, during the family pictures and the, um, the portraits, yes, there's some light posing happening, but, um, like I would never say, oh, can you just do that again? Can you just pull up, you know, her dress again? Or to a guy, can you just hold that bow tie right there? Um, that's just not the way I view a wedding. Sure. So it sounds like you're probably a bit like a stealth photographer in the background. <laughs> People not even noticing you there. Well, that's the thing. I kind of feel like the opposite. Like I tell my clients I'm not a fly on the wall only because I chat a lot. <laughs> and I do think that um, people, you know, they see somebody with the camera, either they'll immediately smile at me or they'll turn away. And I feel like if I talk to everybody, they see my camera less and I get more of who they really are. And that makes that makes the day so much easier and it's it allows me to tell the story of everybody there because I believe that weddings are more about the people that are there and the stories between themselves and the clients than just the wedding. So the more I talk to people, the more real they become with me and the more authentic images I can make of everybody there. Oh, that's really interesting, actually. And so one of the things I would imagine is that if you're coming to Barbados to get married, you want your photographs to represent Barbados, you know, so it's not just any hotel wedding. Um, like what locations would be some of your favorites or places you would recommend to people so that they can kind of really show, yeah, the, the environment of Barbados that they're in? That's a really, really good question. And 
I find that um, there's sort of three kinds of locations you can you can um, can really have in Barbados. You can have the beach location, or like a really beautiful restaurant location, um, or like a villa location. And I have to say, there are certain there's certain restaurants that I love photographing at, um, and that's because you get sort of you get a lot of the, you get a lot of, you get a, like, kind of like the best of both worlds. And I'm going to say one of the places that I love the most is the Lone Star Restaurant. Oh. Um, <laughs> I have to say it. It is, it is beautiful. The ambiance is beautiful. But because I don't just photograph for the ambience, I feel like at Lone Star, there's like a team of people that really, really, really works hard to make the clients happy on their day. Um, from the manager, Kristen, and even the staff, like you'll see when the party gets going, they're, they come together and they party with the clients. It's not to say that there is a complete separation of staff and wedding guests. It's like, um, it's like an amalgamation of the day and everything that these people have put into making their day perfect has come together in every single way and that's from every angle so you see the staff dancing um you know and it's just the coolest thing and then you have the beach there and as you said people are coming down for that for that setting that they can't get every day and i think people here take it for granted because every time we leave the house there's a beach in front of us because we're surrounded by it but it's something quite special when you can sit down you can look outside and see the ocean you can see the sunset um and you have just this beautiful setting um there's also hunt's garden which i think is fantastic it's and i say this in a sense um in that you almost don't feel like you're in barbados it's a very lush place um it's stunning and then you have your villas around halton great house clifton hall these places are just historically beautiful locations um and you get to see a different side of Barbados when you do when you have a wedding at a villa it is um or these old great historical homes it's it's really beautiful so you mentioned the Lone Star there and that is one of the places I was speaking to somebody else in the podcast about as well whenever I was there uh before the national pause I was um having a bit of a look around and the wedding planner was pointing out different features and there was a huge mirror on the beach. Can you describe that to the listeners and what the purpose of that is? It is, it is this, to me it's a magical mirror and you've asked the purpose and I really don't know what the purpose is. I'm sure the wedding planners and Kristen know like like the back of their hand? I don't know. And that's a good question. And I feel like I'm going to go after this call, go and find out. But it's this, really, it's this massive mirror. And when you look at it, um, you see the magic of where you're at because you can see the twinkle lights, like the fairy lights, or the vintage lights. It's just, there's something that is so unique about this, this mirror. Um, and I feel like almost like, I'm just trying to describe Narnia or something and it's just, it is, um, it's something quite spectacular, but I don't know what the meaning is. Do you know? Can you tell? No, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm going to find out though. And I think I'll also get a picture of that and put it into the podcast show notes because <laughs> I think you do have to see it to understand it. <laughs> exactly. It's, um, and it's almost as though if you're on the beach, it's almost like from anywhere you're looking at it, you can 
I mean, of course, it's a mirror, so technically you can see like behind you, et cetera, et cetera. But there's something about it um, when you see those lights, and it's like a, I don't know, it's like a string of fairy lights, and you see it in the mirror. I, I don't know. You see your guests around. It's it's like you're getting you're getting a bird's eye view almost with an eye level view of of this beautiful spot. It's it's, it's sublime. I love that mirror. Fantastic. So somebody said to me the other day, um, they, they talked about this quirky kind of concept that I hadn't come across it before. And it was something like trash the dress. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> well, I've heard of it. I, I don't do it. Um, but it is the concept of the day after. So a lot of times what will happen is that, you know, weddings are very... Um, from beginning to end, there every minute has something to be accounted for. Um, there's not really a lot of time to just do nothing. And so even down to the portraits, it's timed. And it might not be a lot of time. So what some photographers do is that they offer a day after session where you can get back in your dress and, um, you know, you can, you and your partner, or, you know, if it's not a dress you're wearing, get back in your wedding clothes, whatever that might be. And... Um, and you sort of just have an hour with you and your spouse and your new spouse to just sort of be alone and have your photos taken. Whereas the you know the day before, or the week before, it may have been really rushed. Now, in the in a lot of the sessions that are specifically called trash the dress, it's a it's a time where the bride can sort of let go. She can jump in the water. But you obviously have to be very careful. Um, <laughs> <with things like laughs> that wedding dresses are extremely heavy. Um, <laughs> So, so you really have to have to watch that. Um, I don't do trust the dresses. I do know some photographers that do. A lot of clients love it. I sort of do the opposite where I have brides come back into my studio and it's just me and them and we just take very um, quiet portraits of them in their dress in a very still lovely setting um but i i don't they don't trash it with me <laughs> <laughs> excellent and are there any kind of quirky requests that you have come across um quirky requests i love that um <laughs> not very many quirky requests i think they're just for me it's a lot of quirky stories um and that's because my clients have given me full access um to who they are. Um, it's, I'm in a no judgment zone, so it's good, bad, ugly, everything. And so, yeah, quirky stories, definitely. Quirky requests, not that I can think of at the top of my head, but again, now I'm going to go think of it. <laughs> I'm sure as soon as we're finished, <laughs> something will come up in my sleep. <laughs> no worries at all. And what about videos? Are more people asking for... Um, kind of their day to be documented via video uh, along with photographs as well? Yeah, they are. Um, I still, I feel like photography is still sort of paramount when people think of weddings and if they're to put pen to paper and they say, this is what we need, a photographer is probably the top of the list. But more and more, I'm seeing videography um, come in hand in hand and a lot of clients ask, um, actually, I shouldn't say a lot. I'd say about maybe 5% of inquiries will say we're looking for photographers and videographers. Do you do both? Um, definitely is something that is, that is, it's starting to be sort of 
I think kind of viewed in the same in the same sort of sentence that people will say oh videographer and photographer or vice versa um, but I uh, I do think it's definitely coming up for sure and that's something that can be easily provided in Barbados oh definitely 100% fantastic so how does it work if someone was looking for a photographer for a wedding and they were coming to here to Barbados how would you work with them most of my inquiries come through email um, or Instagram um, I mean email as in through the web through Google they're searching and they come across my website or via Instagram and they just sort of hit the contact button and from there it's pretty easy I have a consultation with them via zoom just to make sure we're a good fit um, to make sure we're on, we're looking for the same things in terms of the wedding. Um, and once that's sort of been established and we're like, yes, we're ready to go, uh, they sign the contract, pay the retainer, and that's pretty much it um, in terms of the formalities. Um, I keep in really close contact with my clients, whether they're from Barbados or they're from overseas. Um, most of my clients will have a wedding planner on hand. so. It's kind of, you just have a team working for you. Communication is, is key for me. Um, so I encourage all of my clients to use all methods of communication. And then one month before the wedding, uh, they have a questionnaire that they work on. And one month before the wedding, we have a scheduled meetup where we just sort of go everything to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, any sort of last minute things that need to be discussed or told to me so I'm aware of or they're just not sure about something um, that is what that 30-day scheduled meeting is is for that's great so it sounds like there's quite a lot of contact um, and it's not just about people arriving and then kind of working it out when they get here oh no 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 <laughs> at least at least not for my end um, I cannot I, I I generally cannot photograph a wedding um, if I don't know you because I won't be able to make images that are unique to, to my clients. Um, I, I just, it wouldn't work at all. Sure, that makes, makes sense. So how long have you been a, um, a photographer and how long have you been photographing weddings? Great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, started, I started my business in 2015. I had been photographing from about 2011 and I was doing families. Um, and then I was a criminologist in my past life and wow. I kind of just, you know, was photographing families on weekends and dealing with victims of human trafficking during the week. And it was just a little too much. And so 2015, I finally made the jump and I opened, started my business. I didn't think I was going to do weddings cause I really didn't want to. Um, and then I, um, I, yeah, I started my business in August 2015 and then at the end of August, um, I think like the 30th of August 2015, I had a request for a wedding from somebody from the UK and um, I told this person it was, an, it was a situation where it was an NDA and she needed her photos for Hello Magazine so I couldn't share anything and it was, it was, really, it was really weighing on me and I I told them that I, I'm not a wedding photographer, I've never done a wedding, I can do your wedding, but it would have to be in the way I do it, which is just a documentary style. She ended up loving them, and from there, it just kind of went in the way of weddings. That is fantastic. And have all your weddings been in Barbados? 
No, um, because my husband is Italian, we go there every summer, and so I'm able to photograph weddings there. So we've done some weddings over there, and I have done some weddings in um, the other islands, mainly Antigua. Um, yeah, which has been really nice. Um, destination weddings can be a little bit stressful. They're not. They're not a. They're, they're not a paid vacation. <laughs> Um, it is pretty stressful. Like, you know, if you if you forget something or if your battery dies, you just can't run down to the to the store, um, or you can't ask somebody to bring it to you. So, I mean, I like doing them, but it is stressful. Sure. And what about um, if someone was thinking about coming to Barbados to get married and they weren't quite sure? Is there anything you would say to them to convince them to come here or any tips or recommendations you would have for them? First of all, getting married here is so easy. Um, there's not a lot of red tape you have to go through. I mean, you can come in and literally come in on Friday and get married on Tuesday. Um you just have to go apply for the license and that's pretty much it. It is so easy. The other thing is um, a lot of people that I've had clients from overseas, the big thing is that Barbados is a beach island, right? End of story. We are a beach island. But what I think a lot of people um, might not realize is that there's so many other locations for weddings that are not beach that are not um, hot, that are not full of sand. <laughs> like I said, sure. we, have, we have really strong, um, we have a strong sense of history. And so we celebrate that in so many villas and old great homes. And the, yes, there are plantation homes. Um, so you don't have to be on the beach, but you have the best of both worlds. Um, and also you've got really great vendors in Barbados. I have to say, um, I. I'm gonna say it like like everybody that I've worked with, they're all on top of their game. They are top notch. Customers and clients come first. The customer service here is amazing. I've seen the wedding planners, the florists, the musicians, um, you know, the videographers. Everybody that I've had the real, real pleasure to work with. Other photographers. Really, it's um. We've got it. We've got it. We've got a good. We've got a good crew of people here. I have to say, and we'll take care of you. And it's it's hard to plan a wedding, first thing, and it's hard to do that when you're not in the country and you're sort of leaving. It's almost like you're leaving. I mean, you're leaving your money and you're leaving your dreams in the hands of somebody that you haven't met, and that's not easy to do. Um, but rest assured. <laughs> We're here to work for you and we just want your wedding to be awesome, extremely awesome. And that's 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 our job. Fantastic. That sounds really reassuring, actually. The various ways people get in contact with you, uh, was that your website or Instagram? For sure. Um, the Instagram is Life Photography by Ania, um, and there's a contact button right there. So you can just click that. Uh, there's my website, which I really love people to go to because they get us the they kind of get like a hard sense of the way I will photograph their wedding. Um, so that's www.lifebyania.com. Um, and so those are the two best ways, Instagram and my website. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Please do subscribe to Life in Barbados to follow my journey and never miss an episode. Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. 
Brown is a radio personality with Capital Media HD 99.3 FM in Barbados. Powered by Capital Media HD 99.3. Well, in your entertainment news, I know you've been calling, you've been waiting, that's right, for some more. Some more celebrity birthdays. Well, Selena Gomez recovers. He's also a musician with Energy Band. And a wedding MC and DJ. I managed to get hold of him to find out a bit more about a Barbados wedding from the entertainment perspective. So I've done easily over 100 weddings, wow. destination weddings. Uh, so I sing, play musical instruments. So I'm a singer, songwriter. I'm, I'm really like a band guy. But I also DJ. But with the changing tide of the, you know, everything in terms of finance and so on, a lot of people you'd be surprised have trimmed down having a wedding band and then having more of a DJ MC. Okay, and what what does the MC bit involve? Well, that's the, the master of ceremonies. You're pretty much like an MC for an event. You you host the wedding. So, ladies and gentlemen, please be seated. You know, you welcome them after the the wedding is officiated. So, if you want to have cocktails and canopies, I'm the guy that plays some light music. You get everybody seated, rally them together. You also act as the host, that's master of ceremonies to get everyone into dinner, speeches, first dance, mother of the bride, father of the bride, you know. So you, you pretty much take them through the proceedings and then you repurpose yourself. That's a term we use quite often in the Caribbean. Right. Then you go from being the the nice professional master of ceremonies, nice host or MC, And then you're the high energy, get on the floor, take off your jacket. Like, do people get a bit unruly and, you know, not do what you need to be them to be doing a wedding is generally your clan you know because it's your family members close friends or generally that's what you would think but i always find there's a bit of limbo that's where persons like the amazing melissa would come in wedding planners destination wedding planners because you know there's always that window because when you're now recently married and then there's like an hour where you take pictures in the garden or you sign the registry there's there's that limbo Sometimes you kind of need a person to pull that together. So think about it. While you've got the lovely uh, bride and groom taking their photos, signing, doing whatever they need to do, handling their business, what are the other guests doing? Yeah, hanging around, so, waiting, drinking. Yeah, probably. they kind of hang around. Sometimes they step into your shot. Sometimes they're in your pictures. <laughs> you know, you kind of have to tell them, all right, so the first 20 minutes is going to be for family or the first 30 minutes is going to be for the new bride. Yeah. Then you know, amuse yourselves with some music, some canopies, kind of stay out the way, and then we'll take some group shots. So all that coordination is organized and orchestrated between the wedding planner and the host. Amazing. Yeah, Great. so it's a new, it was never before. 20 years ago, you never had a host. You'd pretty much have the brother, you know, siblings, the best man, or the father of the bride or whatever, handle that spot. But so, value for money, and so that we can have a better quality experience for all those attending the wedding. We now have this host slash MC, turn DJ, you know, kind of kind of taking you through the motions. And it's not a ruly crowd, it's just having that wedding more streamlined so that everything runs on time, your dinner's served on time, your speeches run on time because yeah. you've witnessed, some of those guys and gals can go on and on. 
<laughs> Absolutely. It does sound like a very important role, and um, one that I hadn't thought of before, but I think you, you've definitely kind of sold that to me and the need for that. But let's get on to the actual entertainment and the music itself. So what kind of playlists have you uh, and requests you come across from people who um, are maybe having you either as a band or a DJ? Yeah, both of them are the same. Synonymous, I give them a list. We always work in tandem with the planner and, of course, the wedding party. And it's totally up to you. It's by different ethnicities, religious groups. I've had I've done every type of wedding you can think of. But our mitzvahs even, you know, private everything. So with that, I have a, a massive catalog. I've done big African weddings, big Greek weddings. Not my big fat Greek wedding, but you get what I'm saying. So I love, I love people. I've done Irish weddings. You'll be surprised. And the difference is you must be familiar with those particular weddings because they come with different requirements. They want different sounds, different, and some of them are very, as you know, especially way up in the north, they have different tunes that are spiritual, they're tribal, they're, they're indigenous to their, their different counties or villages. They have different ales to be served, different things at different times. So what that's done is made us very, very in demand and very diverse because at the end of the day, we appreciate playing a small role, but at the end of the day, it's the happiness, it's the satisfaction of the client. Yeah. So it sounds like you have to do your homework properly then to make sure that you're across all those different potential requests and needs. Yes, definitely. You have to be on top of your game and what we like, teamwork. So on top of me having a very large catalog as a DJ or as a live band or as a performer, we also open up to suggestions. So I always said it's good to take a nice list. Um, I see some weddings have done it where the bride and the groom, they select the songs. Here are my top 50, top 100. These are the ones I need to have played on top of what you do. Some have gone even broader, like there's some, you know, there's some real over the top. I hate to use the term bridezilla, but you've got <laughs> some real over the top. I've had at least five weddings where they've submitted a Google document <laughs> to the entire wedding party where they said, okay, give us your top 10 or 20 jams in this master document and then we fine tune it and sometimes you have three to five hundred songs that they say listen throughout the night i want to be included i even did a massive wedding you know the bridal party came from south america central america panama colombia chile so diverse so i also am multilingual so then you have that wedding and you play their music i have music spanish requests french requests i've even done a chinese wedding i, I performed and hosted in Beijing last year. So, you know what I mean? I, I love it. As you can tell, there's an excitement, there's a humility, there's an admiration for what people do. And that's why I said I appreciate any opportunity that Melissa has given me, that the island of Barbados, because we do so many destination weddings. And I could not do it without a beautiful destination like Barbados, you know, and in tandem with the BTMI and these amazing people that come to our, you know, coming out of the different source markets and choosing Barbados as their, their place of wedded bliss and their honeymoon. Oh, fantastic. So what I'm really interested in is whenever I go to a wedding in the UK and Ireland, you know, it, it, the, the music, is, it's always the, you know, the, the things we've grown up with, the things that get us on the dance floor. There's always rock the boat, things like that. Like, do people, whenever they come here, want something a bit more kind of like local, like Caribbean music, or do they generally just stick to their music from back home? I think there's definitely always a combination. There's always what you call the traditional request. So there will be some from their home. There are some traditional tracks like I Will Always Love You and 
you know, you know, say, certain dancing tunes. But then, at least sixty to seventy percent always request. You know what? I'm I'm in your your town. I want to hear what your people hear. You know, I want the reggae, the calypso, the dancehall music. Because those are our three major. You know, calypso, soca are hand in hand. You know, and then they make the request within there too. They say, you know, I want to hear some Bujubantan, I want to hear some Sparrow, I want to hear some Crossfire, some Red Plastic Bag, Alison Hines. So they do name drop. You know, I've never had a wedding say, okay, these are the 21 songs. Play nothing more. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but I like yeah, that actually, because you're getting yeah. a bit of the local flavor, aren't you? You know, it'd be a shame to come the whole way to Barbados and it just being a typical wedding like you would get back in the UK, but just with a different backdrop. So I'm really pleased to hear that. No, definitely they always cooperate. They're always lovely people. We've never had an awful wedding where they've sought to dominate the wedding planner or even the DJs by extension. They always come with an open mind and say, look, the first, you know, it's normally because, think about it, you're dealing with human beings as well. You're dealing with families with all due respect. So you will have the young people running around, you know, after they've done their, their, you know, their duties in the wedding ceremony. You will have the mature part of the wedding that they kind of, you know, they get a little tired after having dinner and a glass of wine or a glass of champagne. So they will say, Kurt, could you play the more traditional songs? So this is where you get into the psychology now of the wedding. Could you kindly play the traditional songs throughout dinner? The slower songs, the Celine Dion's and, you know, the Barry White and those Lufa Vandross. Could you play those between six and eight? So that by the time we're into the speeches and we're into the first dance, after that first dance, we went apart because two things. Some of the, the the more senior members, and we're not trying to date the more after you get the seniors having a bit of a meal, they have one or two that will dance, but a lot of them will also retire at nine or ten. With all due respect, they've been they've been on the road, they've been helping, they've been going all day. The younger people or the party people, irrespective of their age they will want to rock it till midnight 1 2 a.m so then you really have you know give me some soca music give me some sweet bajan or barbadian music as we say it give me some bajan tunes give me some soca some dance hall some reggae and, and, and let's have a rocking party excellent sounds good and so it's some really good tips there in terms of when you're thinking about planning your entertainment do you have any other tips for planning entertainment at, at the weddings I would say the best thing is to listen to your audience and don't panic. I've had some DJs, you know, you will get it, especially when people get to drinking. No one likes to say it. You've had the most civilized wedding from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. to the reception, to the speeches, and then around 9 to 10.30, you can at any point get about 20 people in a DJ's ear. I can you know, imagine. <laughs> I need this. I need that. You haven't played my song. Where's my request from an hour ago? And you really, so my request, you need to be humble. You need to, you can be firm, but always be respectful and hold your, you know, stay cool. Excellent. Don't panic. Don't react. You know, because remember, this is quality control. This is service. These are persons that chose your destination, chose you to be a part of a memory that will live on for the next 50 to 100 years. When they look at your photos, they want to be partying, you want to see smiling faces, no disappointment. So I really go above and beyond. We're always punctual, that's another thing. Be time sensitive. We always set up in the morning of a wedding. I've never set up in the afternoon or the evening. A DJ, a band, or 
even the, the persons participating in the wedding or serving should never be walking through the wedding at five, six o'clock setting up equipment. You know, it is, it's an oversight. Many people have done it. I've seen many DJs walk in. Oh, they're gonna be having dinner. I'm just gonna put on a, play, a playlist, an MP3 or a CD, and then I'm gonna walk in and set up around nine because no one's gonna party until nine. Those are the do's and don'ts. You know, respect the wedding, respect the, 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 the time, effort, and thought, and finance that they put into it. So we set up in the morning so that from the time you arrive, it is a seamless, happy, memorable, classy experience. Perfect. And so lastly, how would you convince people to come to Barbados to get married? I would say it is one of the most beautiful destinations. It is safe. If you think about it, geographically, weather, political, uh, climate, everything, if you think about it, it is absolutely beautiful with our, you know, ultramarine waters, uh, the, the music, the diversity, the way we interact with people. And you've been here in Barbados, you see what a warm, friendly people we have here. And they're just appreciative to have visitors come in or even locals, because we have a lot of destination weddings, but we equally have a lot of locals uh, and persons coming in. So one half maybe from here, or Guyana, Trinidad, Jamaica, and the other half maybe from Ireland or the UK or UK, US, Canada, uh, Colombia, you know, anywhere. We don't care, we don't discriminate, we love all people and we just want you to come and have a memorable experience, make us a part of it, give us that trust and guaranteed you will not regret coming to beautiful Barbados. And, oh, and I have a big wedding song, I have a song called oh. You're My Number One. You're my number That's that something you wrote yourself? Yeah, I'll let you. I wrote in tandem with the Red Boys and Shaft. It is must. It is. You're my number one. So when you hear it, it's literally a love song. It's a soca crossover, soca R&B love song. It is my number one song. I've never done a wedding and not played or performed that song. And that video, if you check that video, it's got. It's all around Barbados. So it's all the beautiful places: Port St. Charles, Bridgetown, Lime Grove. It's really, and we flew in two supermodels. So you've got the winner of America's Next Top Model from Tyra Banks, wow. Rene Bagwandine, she's in there. And also the winner of The Face, which was Naomi Campbell's show. Uh, and she is in wow. there as well, Devin Abdullah. Thank you so much for your time. And I can't wait to convince somebody to get married so I can go to the one of weddings and have you as the MC and entertainer there. So I look forward to that as well. For sure. And the cliche, <laughs> I will dance at your wedding. Excellent. <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to Life in Barbados, a year on a paradise island. Go to life-in-barbados.com forward slash subscribe. If you've been enjoying Life in Barbados, you're going to want to check out my other show, The Bucket List. Each episode, I chat with locals, guides, and even some people I met along the way on various dream trips. Experience safari in Tanzania, road trips across the US, and hiking across Australia's national parks, just to mention a few of the episodes. Go to otherworldtravel.com forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.